Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. With the classic hits, Coast FM 963 with Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy this morning. It is the Gardening Gang. And good morning, Sherilyn. Good, good morning to you. morning, Pete. It's very cold You're this dressed morning. dressed up like a little rose today because <laughs> the flowers are back in bloom. They are. There's so many things in bloom, even though it's freezing cold everywhere. There's lots of plants that still like to send out their flowers because they are looking for pollinators so that they can breed and be ready for spring and uh, procreate all over the place. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the, mind. the mind is in procreation already. Now, winter flowers, that's our topic today. Sherilyn, I've brought in a little photo mm-hmm. from around our uh, our pool area, right. Saratoga, mm. and they're flowering. What are they? Let me have a look, what Pete. They? Like they're full. Well, they only uh, yes. during the week. Did they? And I'll tell you why. They are pig faces. That's what they're called. Oh. So they're, they're Australian native. They grow uh, in around our dunes as well. So people can uh, probably be very hardy. familiar with those. Very, very hardy. You can actually eat the leaves of those as well. And the flowers, they're quite salty. They usually flower in spring and summer, but we've had a lot of nice sunny days re- recently. And so they've had a little bit of a flush. That's what they've done. They've come out. Well, so that's it. Flush of our place. They have. Look at that. Must be nice and warm down there in Saratoga. Well, I was driving past the um, you know, East Gosford Community Gardens on the way in this morning, mm-hmm. and I noticed, you know, just breezing past there on the old uh, Henry Parry, mm-hmm. and they've got a number of flowers also in full bloom there as well. So it's happening in a lot of parts of the it coast. It is. Well, they've got a lot of the classic winter, things that do usually flower in winter. So I've noticed as well. So they've got a lot of uh, petunias. I think they are from a distance. I came past there the other day and some pansies. And they also have the good old seaside daisies as well. They've got a beautiful ground cover out there and they're all sort of twinkling through. They do usually flower in winter, Those all those ones. Well, because it's going to be a day of flowers, we've got a whole bunch of guests, but sadly overnight we heard that Tony Bennett's passed away. Mm-hmm. I suppose he had a good life. I got uh, him to about 90... 96, I 96, believe. Was yes, it? yes. And Tony Bennett has touched many, many generations of people after recording way back in the 30s or the 40s. Mm-hmm. And in more recent years, he's won Grammy Awards. I think he won... One award when he was over the age of 65. Pete, I've actually got the little uh, article here. He he won 19 competitive Grammys and all but two after the age of 60. Go Tony. So there's still, chance Tony. For, there's still a chance for you and me, Pete, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as well. And just well to break done. the format this morning, I thought we would play probably the song that everyone knows he is famous for. And I remember seeing Tony perform this at the old Silver Spade in Potts Point back in the 60s. And it was quite impacting, even for a lad at that stage, I was probably about 20. I left my heart in San Francisco. With the gang this morning, get on you, Tony. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy it is the gardening gang for this Saturday morning. And Sherilyn Winter, we've talked about the fact that it's the middle of winter yeah. this weekend, virtually. Cold. Very, very cold couple of days in a row there. There was one morning got down to two degrees at Sarah. That's ridiculous. And, mate, I, I thought the pool was going to have a glass of ice on top. <laughs> well, but the ducks got in instead. I know, and you've been asking me about flowers in winter and there are things that flower in winter and I've got a bit of an expert on the line. Tim. Yes. Hey Tim come on in. How are you going? Good morning. 
There's Tim Ferrugia, the voice of Tim from the Burbank House and Garden operation at uh, Erina Heights. They've That's also right. got one over at uh, Saddles, but we're talking to Tim at Erina Heights this morning. Mm-hmm. And he's a horticulturalist and he knows, Pete. Okay, Tim, we've had you on the air before. Now, Tim, I've got a question for you, mate. This is a big one. Your horticultural knowledge should be able to give us the answer. This time of year, do you have much in the way of flowering potted colour? Tons of them, actually. Uh, uh, We've got plenty of pansies, uh, dianthus, lots of lobelia putting on a good show. Mm -hmm. And even ones that don't flower, we've got a really big range of ornamental cabbages or ornamental kale, depending on who you talk to. Tim, when you say ornamental, do you mean yeah. plastic ones or no? No, uh, no, definitely. Oh, look, it's cabbage that's been bred to look pretty rather than oh, taste okay. good. They, you know what they look like, Pete? They look like roses. That's what they look like. Same colour? Uh, people often call them cabbage roses. There you go. Ah, that's a new one on me, a cabbage rose. But they look really pretty. Tim's right. They yeah. look really pretty. Yeah. And they come from where? They come from a strange place, or you've, they've been made? They've, they've been hybrided or something, or what? Hybrid, hybridized. Hybridized. Okay. <laughs> I think they all—they're all related to your normal cabbage brassicas. Would they be popular? Because I—I I would imagine most people wouldn't really think to get those kind of things in the middle of winter. They're—they're they're not popular early in the season, but it's because they just look like any sort of broccoli, cauliflower you would normally eat. Oh, but as yeah. they start to get a bit old and colour up, they get that really bright, either white, purple or pink centre to them. Ah. And how long would that effectively last for? Right into springtime? Well and truly. Look, these guys will look nice and colourful even till late spring until we get some really hot temperatures. Whereabouts in the garden would you use those, Tim? In the dirt. (laughs) 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 Oh, you're such a clever little fox today. I'll listen to the experts. Apart from that, Tim, <laughs> apart from going in the dirt, where else would you put them? In the sun? Rather than just plunking one on its own, I like to do a little patch of them. Mm-hmm. I'd say five, seven of them. Just make a little nice cluster. That way they make a really big impact. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, look, they're only getting about, say, 30 centimetres high and wide, full mm-hmm. grown. Good bang for buck as well with those ones. Yeah. Do they like the sun? I'd go full sun for those ones. We've got other mm-hmm. pot of colour that will be happy in part shade, but I keep those cabbages in the sun. So with that pot of colour, Tim, is it okay to have them inside? You know, like in summer, sometimes you can get some of that pot of colour and have it indoors. Does it work still like that? You could have it inside for a really brief period, and if you were going to do that, you'd almost have them like a bunch of flowers, mm-hmm. something like that'll last you two or three weeks and then probably better to pop back outside. I've got lots of pot of colour poppies and they're great if you actually sort of want to grow them in the garden and or pick them and bring them inside for like a long-lasting bouquet. Mm. I think when uh, Sherlyn chose the topic today, winter flowering plants, she was thinking about you, Tim. She said, I'm going to talk to Tim because he's a bit of an expert in this area. He is. And he's delivered. You can't stump Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I know you can't. Hey, hey, Tim, that's been great. Uh, Thank you, mate. You've given us a bit of inspiration today about uh, more colour in our garden this time of year. And plenty of potted colour at Burbank Saddles and at Irina Heights. That's excellent. Timmy Ferruccia there from Burbank House and Garden at Irina Heights.
on the gardening gang this morning. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. No worries. Paul Simon at Coast FM, home of the classic hits with Pete and Sherilyn on this Saturday morning. What's the temp out there now, Sherilyn? It's about 10 degrees. Freezing. Today, <laughs> yes. You say freezing, but that sunshine's nice, though. Mm. And there's also the opportunity to enjoy some flower activity. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call from a lad saying, uh, you uh, mentioned some flowers on Henry Parry Drive. Mm. It's a big drive. It's a big drive. <laughs> and the East Gosford Gardens, we saw a few yeah. blooming this morning. So you can check. There might be a big crowd of people might attend that. <laughs> uh, just to see the first blooms of the season coming through. Have a chat with them. We are talking about winter flowers here at Coast FM. Thanks for joining us today. And it's all being sponsored by our good friends at Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning and uh, Walk Away Renee. You know the song? <laughs> yes, I do okay, know the song. Okay, well, the real Renee's on the line with us right now, Renee Hannah. And Renee is with uh, the, uh, the the Wildflower Meadow, beautiful location mm. there at Erina Heights. Lovely. Good morning to you, Renee. Good morning, team. Now, we selected you today, Renee, because our theme on the Central Coast uh, Number One Gardening Show, because our theme today is winter flowering plants, and you're a specialist in flowering Aussie natives. What drove you to this particular element of the gardening world, Renee? Uh, Well, I mean, on the coast, we're very lucky to have such mild winters, so we have quite a lot that will grow in our conditions. So we have a really great range of banksias. We've got our local coastal banksia, Integrifolia, which grows um, quite close to the beach. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've got a range of ground covers, like a um, brachys combs, Mm -hmm. which are nice little cottage colour. What sort of? Uh, they're the ones that they look like little daisies, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. They're yeah, gorgeous. they come in all different colours: lilac, uh, pink, mm-hmm. white. Yeah, um, we've got isopognons, which you know typically you'll see on bushwalks around the coast. We've got one in particular called a sunshine, which looks like a little ball of light. It's very beautiful. Oh, and, they're, um, and they're, are these, Renee, are these all flowering during winter, all these ones? Yeah, yeah, they're all flowering during winter. So do you go off to the hills during the week and sort of nick those from various uh, locations <gasps> and then bring them? <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> you can definitely admire them. So when, you, when a person buys a, a piece from your meadow and then takes them home, to, to put them in the garden. What are the cautions that you got with the sort of change of climates? Are there any concerns there or they just adapt beautifully? No, no look, there are not. Sometimes we have plants come in from Western Australia, but we'll always let our customers know if they have a plant that needs special attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically they just don't deal as well with the humidity on the coast. So um, um. you might need a dry, sandy place to plant those. Might, might need to plant them up the mountain a little bit, probably. Yes, Western Australia yeah. Western Australia is just a giant <laughs> desert, isn't it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Renee, have you noticed a boom in or an increase of interest in Australian natives? Yeah, absolutely. There's such a great range of, you know, artworks and different artists coming out really highlighting the beauty of Australian bush, which mm-hmm. is great. And there's definitely been an increase in interest in bush foods as well. And what sort of things do you have at the Wildflower Meadow? Is it just plants? 
And food? And food. Um, and bush food. Yeah, no, we have, <laughs> yeah, we have plaids, we have bush food, we have giftware, um, mm-hmm. and we also have fresh flowers. So we do, oh. um, we have floral arrangements available and we also do weddings and um, other special occasions as well. Oh, how nice would that be, Pete? An Australian native floral wedding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm just... Oh, too late for me. You can go through it all again. <laughs> no, thanks. I've got kids, though. I'm not going to go through it again. Oh, yeah, no, no, me neither. But I've got kids. They might be. Oh, I think that yeah. would be gorgeous. What you're saying to me, I'm, what I'm hearing here is the younger part of the uh, the market are very taken with the Australian uh, natives. Is that right? Yeah, there's definitely an increase in younger people coming in and wanting to create bush gardens. So, Renee, what are the top three most popular plants that you're selling at the moment? to Central Coast people? Uh, I would say our banksias, um, in particular our coastal cushion, which is a low-lying banksia that's been very okay. popular. All right. Can you just, hang on, Renee, can you describe that flower? The, the Because we're on radio and Pete just gave me this very surprised look. A cushion, did you say <laughs> yes, that? Yes, she did. Could you just describe <laughs> it for us? Okay. Um, it's a banksia stimulosa, which mm-hmm. is, uh, it has quite fine leaves on it. And then it has a tall banksia flower with reds and golden colours through it. Well, I know that the, the banksia was named after Sir Joseph Banks. Well done. Well done. Or Sir done. Joseph Banksia. No, it was Sir Joseph Banks. <laughs> Sir Joseph Banks. On that far advance. <laughs> he named it after himself. Okay, we've got one, we've got two. What's the third one? Uh, I would say the kangaroo paws are always popular and mm. long flowering and they come in a great range of colours. And do you have the new blue colour ones? Uh, we don't tend to stock the blue one because it doesn't grow as well here, but we do have a range of other colours. Oh, there you go. See, I didn't even know that. I'd seen that they've bred a blue kangaroo paw. That's good information for me. They don't do well here. So do they, they like the hot weather? Is that the problem? Yeah, that's right. You'll see them down Kosciuszko Way and places like that <laughs> in the mountaintops. No, you probably blue see mountains. them. Would I say, Renee, would they be in Western Australia? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, oh, so okay. again, it's the humidity. Mm. It's the, all the humidity. Humidity. They say never grow in cans, for example. Wouldn't they never get a chance up there? Oh, no, 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 no. You've got well. to stick with the orchids up there. And she's got them all in her garden. I love you. my Aussie natives. I do. I like my kangaroo paws, and I do the Burke's backyard thing of treat them mean, keep them keen, <laughs> shut them down. They, they're grass. You just chop them down, and up they come again. Yep. That's it. Yep. So winter flowering plants include a visit to the wildflower meadow. At Erina Heights, yeah. catch up with Renee there, Renee Hanna. Thank you, Renee, for your time this morning and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. Renee is now one of our honorary garden gangers. Is she? Oh, yes, oh, she is. Well that. done. Right here at Coast FM 963. It's the Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy this morning, continuing with the world's greatest radio show. Mm. But we do have the world's greatest uh, greenie. We do, MC Microbe. MC Microbe joins us every so often, most weeks in fact, to talk about things in the world that help us to sustain our life forever. MC's got the solution here. MC's got the goss. Is that right, MC? Wow, you made me sound up there with Einstein, Pete. Well, I mean, from little things, big things grow, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Now, this week, we did see an article in the paper. Well, Cheryl, you tell the story. Yeah, it's really interesting. We see all of these big stores jumping on a bandwagon. Indeed. Uh, But uh, this is a really interesting one. There's a whole range of products based on apples and their health food products. MC, what's the goss on this? Are they kidding us or not? 
it's all coming from from the, a Newcastle um, University graduate, Dr. Vincent, who has founded a company called Renovatio Bioscience. Renovation Bioscience. Yeah, um, he patented his uh, his discovery during his research, which translates to basically the antioxidants found in apples. Ah. He found a way to to make that into the most potent activated vitamin. So what are these, MC? Are they pills or drinks or what are they? Uh, They've got a range of products. One's a powdered form. The other's uh, called an apple a day. That's a tablet and there's Mm -hmm. a few body and and beauty products available there too. Um, But they landed a huge deal with Coles, a $5 million deal, in fact. Um, a lot of apples. Which see, yes, yeah. the, the company products put into coals. Now, are there certain claims that are being made about the the goodness in these apples, or what, what's apple your products. overview there? Or products, apple, apple products. Product. It could be give me the pick. Yeah, I think <laughs> um, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I don't know. I've seen some nice doctors. I, I don't want to keep them away. <laughs> Her surgeon's yeah. pretty happy. <laughs> Stop it. Um, this is sort of targeting those people who don't have time to eat an apple during the day, <laughs> but they have time to swallow a quick supplement or chewable gummy. Um, oh, okay. So, so he's derived all these health benefits, huh? But he's found a way to isolate that, the power of the antioxidants which are found in the apples. Look, you know what, um, we're making jest of this, but let me tell you, I like oranges and citrus fruit, but I'll sit there and I, I look, every day I have my 1,000 milligram chewy, tart little vitamin pill because I think I can't eat that many oranges to get 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I, I don't think I can. And I don't like to drink the juice because it's got a lot of sugar in it, even if it's sugar-free. So maybe, MC, is this along those lines, you know, that it's, so you're getting like the concentrated power of maybe of the antioxidant. Of the, you know, in, in a small form. That's right. And they're using Australian grown and made apples which are supporting Australian farmers okay still it's a, it's a, a great win if you've got any shares uh, in in renovation <laughs> um, I don't <laughs> no congratulations to all those that do local boy um, made good so thanks MC certainly appreciate your input into the gardening gang no worries gang it's a, a pleasure to talk to you always and nonetheless uh, congratulations to Dr Vincent <laughs> all right thanks. well done doc Coast FM 963. Saturday morning on the Central Coast means it's the gardening gang and all the team we get together every Saturday morning and the insanely hot Vicky from Narara <laughs> Valley Nursery. <laughs> she is hot. She's hot. Everyone she's says that. Super hot <laughs> on this cool Saturday morning. Uh, g'day, Vicky. Hey, Vicky. Good morning. How are you two? Oh, well, pretty good. We're pretty hot too. We're pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> I can I've got to say, Vicky, um, each week you bring us some very spirited uh, ideas from other nurseries on the coast. So let's see what's happening today. 
Okay, well, it's a crazy 25% off deciduous trees at Lee Rowan's Garden World, located at Arimba. Burbank at Erina Heights have the much-loved bat plants available with white flowers or black flowers. Ooh, yes, Sarah-Lynn. Very beautiful. Bat flowers. <laughs> oh, no, your mum grows the best one, isn't that right? Well, she lives in Cairns. It's easy to grow them in Cairns, but uh, exactly. challenge down here, but I'm sure the good people at Burbank can put you in the right direction. Find a hot spot. Exactly. <laughs> Norville Green at Sukley are loaded up on an unusual agaves, cactus and large landscaping succulents and mm. Forrester's Beach Garden Centre have potted colour coming out of their ears. <gasps> <laughs> this time of year. Well, we've been talking to yeah. Tim from Burbank about his potted colour, so it's all around. Oh, OK, so we've got winter potted colour. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Okay, now what's hot uh, in the um, confines of the Narara Valley Nursery, Vic? OMG, I'm excited. Excited. So you know it's going to be super hot in our garden centre. Right now, we have aqua kangaroo paws known as masquerades, and the excitement doesn't stop there. We've got kangaroo paw fireworks, bush surprise, which is so freaking orange, you won't believe it. We've also got bush inferno, bush glow, bush dance, king's park royale, and bush bonanza, and they're all flowering off their heads. Oh! Our grevillea range is also off the tart, too. So if you want winter flowers, we've got winter flowers. There's bush everything there. There is, isn't there? Oh, I love a kangaroo paw. That sounds You're fantastic. You're going to be blown away. I, you won't regret it if you come in here for your kangaroo paws Radio. this weekend. And what is not hot, mate? To be honest, I really couldn't think of anything that wasn't hot right now because everything is so super hot. But it would not be hot missing out on your 20% off on all full price items in our nursery till the end of the month. Oh, another <laughs> ad. She sneaks them in there. We've been flogging it on the air, the big 20% off, everything. She sneaks it in, doesn't she? (laughs) She does. Okay, now let's uh, get our thoughts uh, right off the uh, the flogging of flowers and we'll see what our knowledge is like today because it's time for... Botanical Fact or Fib. Again, I know. Come on, Coasties, play along at home. I can't even remember what the scoreboard is between Pete well, and two, what's two hot. last week. Was it? Okay, there we go. Score. All right. So it's a flowering story. That's what it's about. So in merry old England, not many things flower in winter because it snows a lot over there. There was a fellow, though. He was a Scot. His name was Robert Fortune. You read that right. So Mr. Fortune worked at the Royal Botanical Gardens in Edinburgh and also in London as well. In about 1842, he was sent over to China, right? Now, a lot of people think he was sent to China to check out the tea situation over there. So his trip over there was to find out how to bring this tea over to England. But what he was really doing was finding plants that could flower in winter in the hot houses in Edinburgh and also in London. And it was like a secret. Nobody was supposed to know. He was successful and he brought back many plants from China, including roses. We were talking about those before. A lot of roses come from China. So he's very, very successful in doing that. Is that a botanical fact or fib? Well, that were the days before the internet, weren't they? So you'd need to sort of get it. Slightly. Get yourself over there to China, sort of grab a boat. There was no aeroplanes in those days. Slow that boat was about to China. 180 years ago, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, a slow boat to China, that's well, exactly right. Well, somebody obviously thought about getting all that information out of China. I'm, I'm saying it's a fib because I don't think the Chinese would have allowed him out. Oh, is that what you think? I think the Chinese would have gone, sorry, you can't take those ideas back to merry old England. Marco Polo was successful some years before that. 
That's my take on that one there, Vic. What about you? <laughs> That's a classic. I'm going to lock him through on this one. I'm going to say uh, the Chinese did let him out. Uh, he did go to China, Pete, actually, and it was to find out too. It had nothing to do with flowering plants, though. Oh, it was well, I, I was putting the kibosh on top, so Vicky, I'm going to claim the points this week by oh, default. Sorry, sorry. Okay, thank you, Vicky, and Thanks, Vicky, uh, all the best for the weekend. We'll catch you next week. Hey, there's what's on Vicky from Narara Valley on the gang this morning, the gardening gang from Coast FM. Thank goodness. I knew the bride when she used to rock and roll. Classic hits at Coast FM. There's a beauty there from Nick Lowe. I knew the bride when she used to rock and roll. Getting married today, that was just for you. Cheryl and Darcy and Pete today, it's the Gardening Gang being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. In the next hour of the show, we're going to ask uh, our property expert, Lachlan McDonald, are waterfront properties worth the price? (laughs) He talks authoritatively next hour with the gang this morning. Little Creek Cheese is a cheap... At home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. This is at Coast FM 963, home with the classic hits and the Gardening Gang every Saturday morning between 8 and 10. Cheryl and Darcy and Pete Little here on the radio. In the distance here, the bell ringer, the, is it Steve, our local town crier? Steve, just stop it, will you? That's right. Thank you, Steve. Stop it. Okay. Now to... Time to get your hands dirty, Sherilyn. It sure is time to get your hands dirty. But first of all, what's on for plant lovers across the Central Coast? I'm so excited about this. Coast FM 963 is the special media partner for the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail 2023. I think forever we love them so much. Their website is up now, so go and have a look at it. www.centralcoastedibletrail.com. Check it out. Uh, You might see a couple of familiar faces on there as well. We're so proud to be looking after them. They're still looking for gardens as well. So if you've got a gorgeous garden with some yummy, yummy, munchy edibles in there, you might like to join them. So have a look at that. It's all about me this morning, isn't it? Because this Thursday night's really special. Uh, Rachel's Farm, a special screening at Avoca Beach Theatre is on the 27th of July from 6.30pm. Be one of the first to see this amazing documentary that Rachel Ward, yes, the Rachel Ward, has created about her journey. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? They've almost sold out. So I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but I'm very excited about it because I've been asked to join the panel. But I know why I'm talking about it because we've got Dirt Girl herself, Mari Lowe's on there. She is running the panel. There's uh, Rachel Ward and there's, believe it or not, there's me. If you haven't got enough of me, I'm there as well. But I'm letting you know that Shannon Kelly is now joining us from Full Circle Farm. Now, Shannon has been on the Gardening Gang before. Shannon's joining us for that panel as well. So, Jump onto Avoca Beach Theatre's website to get tickets. I really, it's true, there's only a few left. All right. I know. Go, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Come on, get her on the straight and narrow here. All right. Okay. All right, let's go. What can you plant in your garden this week? Well, apart from culinary herbs, artichoke suckers can be planted, asparagus crowns. You know, they can last about 20 years. They're amazing. Beetroot, broad beans, cabbages, carrots, cress, kohlrabi. Pete's so happy. Lettuce, mustard, onions, parsnip, peas, potatoes, rhubarb crowns can go in now. Silverbeet, African marigolds, delphiniums, dianthus, English daisies can go in, gypsophila, and also spider flowers and 
status as well. That's coming back into fa- fashion, that old-fashioned, you know, the dried-looking flowers, status. Mm. 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 I'm That's not it. familiar with them, but yes, it sounds plausible. <laughs> That's the new one. That's old as new again. Well, the wallflowers, and can I just let you know, Pete, the wallflowers, you don't put them in now, but guess what? They're flowering. They're winter flowers, so they're out there. So go and check them out. Wonderful. Coast FM, 13 minutes after 9 o'clock. This is The Gardening Gang, being sponsored by our very good friends, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning. Middle of winter it is. The markets are a bit short this time of year. Mm, a bit chilly out there. Yes, there's Doreen, the voice of Doreen. <laughs> Cheryl and she's back with us today, Hi. live Hi. in the studio. Last week, Brisbane. This week, yeah. Central Coast. Gets around. And uh, <laughs> the markets. Yes, Doreen, the markets around the coast. Bit thin this week. Mm. You better fill us in. Oh, What's but, on today? Well, I think you'll warm up quickly when you get out there and see what they have to sample there. The first one I have today, Her Cave is a not-for-profit organisation where ladies learn and teach craft at Camwall Community Hall. They are holding a market today between 9 and 2 and you'll find homemade goods, lucky dips, plants and a white elephant stall along with a barbecue or soups and sandwiches if you're hungry. And also, Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetowns Drive and Blood Tree Road. They raise funds for their local community and specialise in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. Okie dokie. A bit chilly on the mountain top today, I think, Oh, it will be. Oh, they're always there. <laughs> yeah, they're very tough. Mm. Okay, let's turn the page here and check out the markets for our Sunday area. Okay, so tomorrow, Tookley Lions Club markets are on in the Coles Tookley Car Park between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. Avoca Beachside Markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 at the Hazlitt Park foreshore. Go along and see the food and produce stalls, art and homewares. There's also live music and lots of treats to nibble on while you browse. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the showground between 7 and 1 and they have live entertainment. I, I notice that they're getting quite a bit of new entertainment happening there and yeah. it's some, a bit of fun, all the, you know, local oh, people. Oh, so the dancing chimps are gone, lovely. have they? Oh, okay. sorry, yep, yep, yep. So there's a lot for the kids there now too. So you can chat to the local farmers and growers and there's a large range of fruit and veggies, eggs, deli items, fermented foods and plants. Also international foods, coffee and snacks. And for second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club charity market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street car park. Well, there it is, Doreen's contribution to the, the gang today. Thank you, Doreen, for coming by. You're very welcome. Doreen. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Coast FM, this is The Gardening Gang. Pete and Sherilyn, Saturday morning. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on the radio this morning. Now, Cheryl, in about uh, two months' time, we'll be getting on board. We're probably going to be on board Mm -hmm. uh, on our way to Canberra. We will be. For the Floriard, the fantastic Floriard in Canberra. It's an annual event. It's come back bigger and better after the COVID thing. Yes. And our good friends at Palmer's uh, Coach Tours... Mm-hmm. Phil's joined us this morning from the office there mm-hmm. because Good morning. Phil. Oh, Good good-day, morning, Phil. Phil. Are you are hey. you are you taking plenty of inquiries for our adventure, our coach we tour? Have. We've had a lot of inquiries and a lot of bookings. People are getting really excited at the moment. 
Looks like it's going to be a great year. Well, let me say this to you. We hope for our first tour to have a um, you know, 100% full coach. We're probably a little over halfway there now. Yeah. So as soon as we fill the coach up, we're not going to put a second one on. No, I there's don't no think second coach. It's only one Pete and one Sherilyn. But we've got to be on the same coach. So, <laughs> so the opportunity is there now to book. Now, Phil, we're taking off on, uh, on the Friday. On the 22nd of September. Well, 22nd. Yes. The nice yes. thing about this particular tour, you'll be doing pickups along the central coast before we hit the M1, right? So where are the pickup points? We're starting off at Tukli and uh, we head up, you can do Doylson RFL, mm-hmm. uh, then we head to Westfield, Tugra, yep. in through um, Kalani Vale, Bado Bay Shop, and down to Erin Affair, we pick up at Erin Mm-hmm. And in through Gosford, then it's uh, up office to the, work. Yep, mm-hmm. office works, and then so people from the peninsula can join us at office works. Yeah, that's, that's it. Bunnings, you know that Bunnings, oh, all that. I'm getting on at the door lay. I'll just let you know, Phil. So I'll be on early. I better go and meet you guys there in the fair. I think. Yeah, let's do that. Mm. All right. On the return leg, you'll do the drop-offs at those same points on the that's Sunday right. afternoon. We'll and no extra cost for a pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. I will. I will mention we're ducking out to Woi Woi as well. So oh, you are? All those people out Woi Woi will be going out that way. Fantastic. I'm excited. Will you ever get to Canberra? <laughs> 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 we will. So first day, Phil, so on Friday, we pick everybody up and then we've what are we doing? Okay, we've done that part. Jump on the M1. Yeah, we're on the M1. Yep. And then what's the first stop, Phil? I'll be bringing the minties. You'll bring the minties. What are you bringing, Sharon? <laughs> oh, fantastic. We're going to stop at Barrel and have a look at Corbett Gardens. That's mm-hmm. the tulips will be all out in Corbett Gardens in Barrel. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a picnic morning tea there. So we have the morning tea on the coach That's it. and have a look around the garden. Right. And, and then yeah. we take off again and we head down to Goulburn. Now Goulburn, there's no specific gardens there and we have lunch in the park, the picnic lunch. Right. I tell you what, I'm a crafter and I bet you there'll be a few there too. There's some really nice craft shops in there too. So and we'll get to, to get Canberra nice about what, four or five, do we? We will be after, uh, after Goulburn. After Goulburn. does all the crafting by the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a bit later. Sorry, folks. <laughs> because we've got a couple of wee-wee breaks on the way here. <laughs> so we, get, we get to Canberra. We book into our motel because that's all included. So yeah. we book into our accommodation. Is that that's right? That's right. Yep. Dinner, dinner that night. So after a big day, we can um, enjoy that afternoon and dinner. Mm-hmm. It's a two-course meal at the motel. They're providing all that. Apparently, Sherilyn's going to do a few songs as well. I got a few. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a beautiful voice, mate. She, people don't realise that she's got a, a lovely singing voice, and so I look and, forward to that too. And Saturday, I'll put you in now. No, I? you have, and I'm moving along now. <laughs> Saturday, we're at Florian, so we're actually broadcasting live from Florian. That's right. We leave Friday. Saturday pushes the radio show at uh, Florian, and we're taking the guests with it. Oh, right. after they have a lovely breakfast, off we go to Florian. Come Florida. and see how the radio show works. That's right. Yeah, the okay. coach is taking us there, Phil. Yeah, the coach will be taking. You're dropping you off there, and um, a lot of beautiful flowers, of course, in Floriade. Mm-hmm. And then we pick you up in the afternoon, and we'll take you on a tour around Canberra. So that'll be a town tour. We'll do all the embassy districts, show yeah. you all the, mm-hmm. the flash embassies around there. Yeah, nice gardens. And then back to the motel for dinner again. That's nice. After dinner, there's a very special little extra that you've put in there, Phil. I'm singing. That's right. 
We're all going to jump on the coach and head up to Mount Ainsley. Oh, for the nighttime lights. Beautiful. For the nighttime lights. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Lovely. Well, it'll be uh, just a magnificent weekend. We we can't really go into every detail of the trip because there'll be things on Sunday. There's a brochure out that explains all this. And if you want to talk to Palmers, it's 4325-8000. Early bookers, of course, get guaranteed the spot. Yes. If yep. you miss out, you're going to miss out because we can't do this a second time. No, we okay? can't. This is mm. it. And, uh, yeah, Sunday coming back, we're also going to see uh, Tulip Top Gardens, stopping at other places. There'll be so much fun. We'll uh, be there to entertain the, uh, the, the, uh, the guests, shall we say, the travellers. We will. On the inaugural Coast FM Gardening Gang tour to Floriard. Mm. Yes. Well, thanks for the background there, Phil. We might catch you up a little later on in the uh, season mm. just to give those last stragglers a little reminder mm-hmm. to get uh, their bookings in because there is only one opportunity this year to go That's to Floriard with the gang. It'll be the most fun you have going to Floriard, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Phil. Give uh, us a call in the office. Four three two five eight thousand. That's the one. Part of the gardening gang this morning at Coast FM. FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. It's property week time, Sherilyn. And you know, Australians have a long-lasting love affair with the coastline, but you'd think that having so much land with water lapping to it, mm-hmm. that prices for dwellings with water views would be reasonable. But they're not. Oh. Lachlan McDonald joins us now from Ray White McDonald Partners to tell us why real estate on the waterfront or nearby is so expensive. Lachlan, good morning to you. Open the lid and tell me why. Good morning, guys. There's no secret that waterfront properties are always in uh, in high demand. And you know, obviously, it's the lifestyle that's on offer, the exclusivity. They're all key things. But we might think as Australians that that's just the norm, that waterfront properties tend to be significantly more expensive. But actually, uh, Sydney is one of the most expensive places in the world to buy a waterfront property in comparison to uh, a, no, a similar home that's not on the waterfront. Um, so Knight Frank, one of the large sort of international uh, brokerages, they, they have a global waterfront index. And it showed that in Sydney, now this means obviously, you know, the, the city and surrounds more, mostly. Mm-hmm. But, a waterfront property would on average generate 118% higher price, 118% premium compared to a, a similar home that was inland or not on the water. Oh, big premium there. That is, isn't it? Gosh, I... So to give you guys a bit of perspective, mm-hmm. that was comparing against places like Monaco, Paris, Geneva, Hong Kong. Venice. And the... the <laughs> They're all waterfront so, there. It's all, it's all on the water there, Pete. That's, that's <laughs> not. So, yeah, and, and the average premium for a waterfront property across all those markets was 45%. Ah. So, um, the coast, obviously, is, is uh, connected in, in a lot of ways to Sydney, but those statistics are purely talking about this, the Sydney market itself. Mm. Mm. Well, here on the Central Coast, there are lots and lots of suburbs that edge the water. 
I mean, everywhere from the peninsula up around, uh, you know. Lake Well, I don't know about Lake Marmora so much, but uh, where Point Clare, of course, that's a lot of waterfront uh, properties there. Uh, Green Point, Saratoga, Davistown, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the coastal strip. Now, uh, admittedly that um, years ago... They were full of little fishing shacks and over the years they've all been kind of knocked down and rebuilt. So, Lachlan, in your estimation, what sort of premiums being applied here on the Central Coast for waterfront or major water views as opposed to having a, um, a property just in a residential subdivision? Well, I mean, Pete, if, even if we look at the same street, so let's look at a property in the same street where one's on the waterfront and one's not. So if you've got a, let's say, a three-bedroom home, nothing too too crazy, but a nice three-bedroom home, mm. that same property on the waterfront side could be in excess of a million dollars more, um, depending on on location, depending on um, you know the the suburb everything. Of course, it's quite common for that to be the case. I know certainly in a lot of areas that we operate, that that does sort of ring true. That it, at very least. Is, is at least a million dollars more just for stepping across the to the waterfront side of the same street. Which is about 120% premium, I would imagine, doing a quick mathematics there. So it's complementary to what they're uh, demanding in Sydney as well, here on the coast. It is, mm. yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, it's not, it, that's certainly not a perfect statistic. Um, you know, different areas are very different and mm. some will be far more than that. Look, if we look at the beachfront areas, so I'm sort of thinking... And I think you were too when we're talking there about waterfront, but we've got to remember that beachfronts are included in this. They are, of course, sure. another type of waterfront. The, the increase from a, a property that's across the road from um, a beachfront home and a beachfront can be three times that or more. Uh, so it, it can be even more sizable, the gap in, in that instance. So if this is just our hunger, Australia's hunger to be right on the water. There just seems to be this driving thing. That's what you say. Oh, they love fishing. People, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just like Dip a their toe in the water each morning. Be there. It's just, but I have spoken to you know people do that. Oh, it's a water. You're not worried about global green. warming. No, it doesn't really matter. Look, you know, we've we've had a few big jackpots lately in Powerball and Lotto. And my mum, who's you know she's a little bit older, I'd say, but that's still her dream is if she won Powerball, she said to me quite recently, oh, I'd buy a waterfront mansion in Vaucluse if I won the you know fifty million dollars or something. And I was like. See, to me, I find that just sort of a bit like, oh, does it have to in front of people? Well, it's all about the views. You still get a view. It's not so much the neighbours because I tell you what, some neighbours in nice suburbs are not so nice themselves. (laughs) Yeah, you can be next to (laughs) Carl. What do you reckon, Lachlan? When you find people looking for a a waterfront, is it the views that are driving them or Mm -hmm. uh, is it the neighbourhood? It's the access to the water. That's the thing with waterfronts. It's... The waterfront sells the lifestyle. It's the fact that you've got the water. The water at your ba- is your backyard. So it, mm. it's that possibilities everyone gets excited about. They they think, oh well, if I have a waterfront, then essentially pit water's my backyard. I can no. pop. Could, I could pop pop you know out anywhere in the Brisbane waters just for lunch. Well, you know that's the sort of mentality of of the waterfront front buyer, especially the lifestyle. Eh? Mm. I, I've got to tell you, I lived for quite a long time in a navy house that was at Taylor's Point, which is Avalon, right on the water. Like I had sand right there. I looked straight at Lion Island. It was amazing. This must have been noisy at night. With all those can parties just, going on. <laughs> no, can I tell you? 
it drove me nuts because it was so windy all the time. You couldn't enjoy sitting out there and there were all this millionaires row, you know, up and down the street and that you never so saw people sitting So if you had the bucks, outside. you wouldn't buy a no, surf front again? No, I'd never do it again. Okay. Oh, so people sort of, yeah, coming out the front all the time. That was, I didn't mind that much, but the wind and the elements just... There's no shelter from those things. But I suppose if you've got millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars, you just build a big gazebo or something. But well, I didn't yeah, enjoy Dylan, it. Dylan, I, I don't think generally that, that most of the waterfront buyers, certainly not in uh, Sydney itself, are the type that are going to be cleaning the salt spray off their own windows. So I'd be very surprised. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lachlan, thank you for that today. Good feedback on Thanks, uh, Property Week's uh, waterfront values. You know. It's a bit of a dream, but it's worthwhile talking no. about. Thank you, mate. Always happy to join you guys.